Well, welcome everyone. Thank you for joining us again on our Faithful Leaders podcast. I'm really pleased to be joined today by Jasper Singh um, of City Seeks and many other things. And um, we're looking forward to hearing uh, his thoughts on faith and leadership. Welcome, Jasper. Nice to have you with us today. Hi, Daniel. Thanks for having me. Now, um, people will have uh, come across you in different places, but but I suppose I first met you really early on um, uh, in what, in terms of my understanding of, of City Seeks, but I know you first and foremost as a barrister. So um, it's there, yeah. there's an interesting profession for a person of faith. Um, uh, I come from a teaching background. Uh, we're at the, the lower end of the professions. You lot are the high end, I suppose. Um, tell me... I tell me a little bit about your your interface between faith and career and the legal profession how how has has faith has Sikhism been an aid has it sometimes been a hindrance or you might say the law has been a hindrance tell me tell us a bit about that side of things Sure. So um, I practice in family law and I've been practicing as a family law barrister for the last 14 years now. Um, one of the reasons why I came to work in law, it's, um, it's to do with a uh, family friend from years ago when I was about eight or nine. Um, they were going through a very messy divorce, let's say. And I remember at the time that, you know, me being the precocious child that I was, saying, oh, I want to become a lawyer so that I can ensure that, you know, you can get your divorce done quicker and you can be happy. And that somehow found itself wedged in the back of my mind. And um, I found that as, as time went on, my faith um, really encouraged me to help other people. The uh, deceit concept of seva, the voluntary giving, the selfless giving to others. And... I thought, well, how can I ensure that my faith continues to play such an important part in my professional life in the future? Um, I wanted to get into law, I wanted to uh, join the bar, but I thought carefully about which areas I want to get into. And the area that I ended up choosing was family law for, for the reasons I've given, you know, the idea that I can help people when they're at their lowest, I can help people when they're going through perhaps some of the most uh, traumatic uh, events of their lives. Uh, the breakup of a relationship or children being removed from their care um, and help them, help them when they're in that period. And I think my faith has played an important role in me being able to get into that area and, and do the work that I am. Um, when it's come to my faith, I would say I've, I've never felt it as a hindrance. I've encountered um, challenges, um, but I've found that my, my faith and even the fact that I wear a turban has meant that I stand out. Right. So when I went for interviews, when I went for, um, um, when I was trying to find pupillage, which is the training period, uh, the professional training period for a barrister, um, I found that because I had a, a turban, I stood out. Uh, I was someone that people looked to and thought, well, actually, he seems like a good egg. Let's have him on board. Uh, and that's continued in my profession. So I think on that side, it, it hasn't been a hindrance at all. It's been a, a help in a great way. Having said that, at the bar, um, there have been times when I've gone to a course, uh, and the most recent was about perhaps two years ago, where I've turned up the course, I've said I'm there for a case, and the person who's uh, logging me in, the uh, the, court, uh, the clerk, 
uh, or the usher, I should say, uh, says to me, oh, right, and uh, who are you interpreting for? Right, right, the assumption, okay. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. So, yeah, and that's... <laughs> Is there just a technical thing? Is there, I mean, is there any adaption in terms of the the kind of the the uniform that you wear? Um, in terms of, um, I'm, I'm just kind of thinking. I'm just thinking what I've seen from TV, but I, I'm, I'm pleased to say I've not been um, in front of barristers for a, a long time. So, is there any particular uh, changes in terms of what you wear? Those kind of things. Uh, the only adaption is the fact that I don't wear a wig. Okay. So if I have any cases where I need to be uh, gowned, uh, okay. I've got my gown, uh, but I don't wear a wig. Okay. Um, and that's an exemption that I have, which I think is good, considering uh, just how expensive the wigs are. <laughs> I saved a lot of money there. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, rather, it's a rather a major religious point. Your 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 cash in hand. Well, uh, that's <laughs> that's, a, that's a good consideration. Yeah, it's interesting. I just want to take you back to one thing you said um, about the fact of not seeing your faith as a hindrance in that sense, um, because I think sometimes because because of the nature of equality law and that faith is seen as a protected characteristic and therefore lumped together with the other mm. equalities. I think sometimes part, part of the issue I find is that uh, some, the other, often the equalities are seen maybe as disadvantages of which you have to overcome. But um, I think that often with, with faith, that people of faith don't necessarily recognise their faith as a disadvantage. And I know that's not how it's set up, but effectively that's way that the, the kind of equality lobbying works. So I think it's an interesting uh, thing that potentially those are around uh, who don't have a faith background see it as a as a thing, as a hindrance. But that's not what you see as such. Um, just in terms of your choice, so your your eight or nine year old self has has won through on this. Were there other areas of the law that you considered? Well, I know my parents were saying, why don't I get into something like tax law or corporate law? You know, thinking right. about you know, my, um, my future. Right. Or uh, well, potentially their future as well, in terms of... <laughs> potentially, yeah. <laughs> and if yeah. I could be your friend, I, my, my future as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I did think about, um, am I joining the bar just to make money or am I joining the bar because I want to make a difference? Yeah. And that's yeah. where my faith played an important role because I thought, well, actually, money isn't everything. Money isn't the reason why I want to become a barrister. Yes, I want to have a comfortable life, but at the same time, it's the um, I get more reward out of helping people than I do out of just, you know, the, the financial reward of the case. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that makes sense. Um, and I suppose there are times within family law that's quite, quite heartbreaking, quite hard. Or is that part of the whole thing? You have you always manage to keep a professional distance. How how does it work? So I I have to maintain a professional distance. Um, and there are cases where you know I've represented individuals where children have had um, non-accidental injuries. That's what the experts have said. Um, care proceedings. The children may not then return to their parents' care. Uh, and I have to I have to be just honest with my clients. I can't sugarcoat it. Yeah. Uh, I have to make sure that they're fully aware of the 
repercussions of what has happened, um, regardless of whether they are able to um, say whether they were the ones who perpetrated the injuries or not, um, it's still something which can be a difficult conversation to have with clients. And um, being the bearer of bad news, it's never good. Oh, yeah. But um, the only way I can do it is by saying, look, I'm, I'm helping them, even if they don't necessarily see that I'm helping them. So there have been times That's when I've true. had clients um, come and become quite aggressive towards me. Right. Colourful language. Right. Um, I have to remember that they're doing that because they're in a position of, um, well, they're coming from pain and trauma. Yeah, and I have to deal with the side of things as well as the legal side. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's interesting. Tell me a little bit then, um, from your perspective. Obviously, um, you have this key role within City Seeks and with a number of different settings as well. How have you viewed? This could be a really broad question, so you can take it wherever you want. But how have you viewed the faith interaction around this whole COVID crisis? What has stuck out to you about faith's response? It's been fascinating to see the the differences in response to you know, first of all, the uh, the closure of places of worship, for yeah. example. Many people were deeply upset with the fact that their church, their god, their synagogue, their temple was going to be closed. Others felt that they weren't closed soon enough. And it's been interesting to see how um, there's been such a, there's been a, a strong diversity in opinions and perspectives about how places of worship should be treated. But the most important thing that I've seen is the way that faith communities have just come together. Yeah. And they've been coming together to help the vulnerable in their local areas to ensure that food parcels are being delivered, certainly in the early days when there were difficulties with uh, you know, supermarket deliveries and so on. Um, just, just helping, just wanting to help, coming from that position of um, um, giving to others and finding themselves in a position where they think, well, actually, we may not have our place of worship open to us, but we can certainly do what we can to help others however we can. Mm -hmm. And that's been heartwarming, it really has. Yeah, yeah, I think that's been, it's been encouraging in that sense. Um, do you, have you seen a growth of interest um, as far as you're aware in terms of Sikhism at all? Or maybe people who have been kind of cool in their faith have warmed up for, for one of better terms? I think there has been, yeah. yeah. Um, during any kind of crisis, people do start to turn back to um, their faith. If they're if they're people of faith in the first place, and if that faith connection has weakened over a period of time, yeah. then they do find themselves going back to their faith and thinking, well, actually, I need some stability. This can help me, yeah. help me get it. Yeah. And I, I noticed that. There have been, um, there's been a certain change in the way that people are um, connecting with their faith and connecting with the, um, with the Almighty, I guess. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah. And how about um, the work around City Seeks? How have, um, what do you think will now change? Many people are saying, okay, this has been a significant uh, change to, to life and the way we do things, even some practical things. Here we are. You and I, I don't think we've ever met on Zoom before. We've shared a coffee or two, I think, in the past in various parts of the city. But um how do you think things will change for city seats as a result of all this? I think we've become more aware of the the need to be well meeting the needs of our members 
and we're becoming more attuned to some of the challenges that they're facing. So we've uh, set up a series of webinars. We have um, one taking place uh, this week, uh, this week's Mental Health Awareness Week, and we have uh, one looking yeah. at how people can um, ensure that they're, they're having good, positive mental health, um, you know, securing their well-being. Um, we've done one on businesses and what kind of support there is for them. We're looking at one for um, NHS workers. So we're, we're, we're realising that during this time when we're all living in isolated you know, pods, effectively, we're living in isolated homes, we're not being able to necessarily see our own loved ones. We want to have a sense of community. Yeah. And the best way to create that community is by doing it virtually, doing it online for now, um, with the hope that, you know, as time goes on, we'll be able to meet again. So yeah. it's about the continuation of community. That's what yeah. we're doing. Yeah. I wonder also if there will be some... Um some changes so you talked about looking more closely about meeting the needs of of members i wonder if there'll be some things that we will see now which we didn't see before and that we will seek to i i think some of the use of the social media stuff and things like zoom potentially will be something we'll want to adopt a little more i think the interesting thing will be how how we try to phase these things together um between kind of an unlockdown life and lockdown life in itself Oh, that's very interesting. Well, um, I know that you are a busy man who've got many things uh, to be getting on with. So I'm going to draw things to a close so, um, so that you can get on with the various things. I hope that we can uh, get you again at some point to uh, talk a little bit more about Faithful Leaders and what, what you're seeing, what's happening. But thank you for joining us today. No, thank you for having me, Daniel. Take care.